0: Twenty-twenty-three. It's a walk for Pedro show.
1: Wanneer we het over componeren hebben, komt de LP Giant Steps ter sprake, waarop Coltrane alleen eigen stukken speelde. Yeah, but my approach was so limited then. But uh, I was trying to. I was trying, you know. But I just. I in just, a limited way. In, in, in what way? You mean? Well, melodically. Uh, melodically. Uh, melodically mm-hmm. my approach, uh, those. Those. Uh, giant Steps. That. Uh, everything that I did on there was. Uh, Kind of harmonic exploration for me, exploration. You know, uh, I, there was some harmonic uh, sequences which I hadn't, I wasn't familiar with uh, prior to that. You know, I, like I'd just been working on it, and it was kind of new to me. And uh, I was working strictly from a chordal uh, sequential uh, progression pattern, you know, and not melodically. And uh, it, it was easy to you soon exhaust that, you know, harmonic thing. But uh, to write melodically is uh, really the best way because that, then you are uh, not governed by this uh, set rule here, set rule there, it takes in everything, you know. And uh, it's much more flexible and more far reaching for me to write like that than it is just to write from a harmonic basis.
0: Pedro Show. Happy Monday. We started off with John Coltrane talking to Michael DeReuter about his giant Sideps album on December 1st, 1962. Then we had Ashton Ashton, Kavriant Whipple with Forward Motion. And because of those Estonian software engineers with their SCAP invention, I got all the way from Ann Arbor, making a Pedro connection. Kathy Ash, <laughs> welcome aboard, Kath. Thank you, Mike. Pleasure. Absolute, absolute. And uh big honor to have you aboard. I would
2: like to ask you to bring your earliest musical memory. Okay. Well, um, that would have to go back to my parents, of course, when um, they were big uh, music fans, both of them. My dad loved Patti Page. But, you know, and it wasn't until later I got to hear some of that because that was you know, before I was born, but throughout their days they would play that music and so yeah, we were a music family from the very beginning. And in where you grew up, I know
0: I know a little something about the history. There's some yeah. time in yeah. Manassas, there's some time in the Quad Cities, and then there's Ann Arbor. And I'm wondering in any of those pads, was there musical instruments that you picked up?
2: Well, not me, you know, but Ronnie did, you know, back in uh, Manassas, Virginia, where my dad was from Washington, D.C., his family was very musical. I mean, they played accordions, they played, you know, banjo, and Ronnie became a big fan because of being exposed to that. And that was the first instrument that he learned to play was the accordion. And then we were still... um, uh, quite young, when we moved from D.C. to Davenport, Iowa, and that's where things kind of picked back up, musically speaking. In fact, I was listening to your show with Vaz, and you were talking about the Quad Cities. Yeah, that's yeah. Bettendorf, by the way, um, Rock Island, Moline, and Davenport. That's it. it was, Those are the four. Yeah, that's the Quad, you know, because Illinois is right across the Mississippi from where we were in Davenport. But right, anyways, so you got Iowa, Illinois, Yeah. And uh, what's the other? Wisconsin, very close to each other. Yes, exactly, you know. So that was really when uh, the music started. Um, Ronnie and I both sang in choirs, um, church choir, school choir. I don't know that, I don't think Ronnie sang in the school choir then. He did when he moved to Michigan, you know. But um, he picked up on um, the accordion. And then um, Scotty just sort of um, uh, he had a little drum pad. So he had interest in that. I don't really know, Mike, where the interest for drums came for Scotty. But at any rate, um, you know what he I heard?
0: A, you know what he told me was yeah, Ig ahead, wanted, Ig want, after seeing Velvet Underground, Ig wanted to be a singer man and move off the drums. Yeah. So Scotty, he
2: wanted to yes. train to be the drum, next drummer man. Exactly. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. That was after when he was still a child yeah, living yeah. in Davenport, you know, he took kind of an interest in that. And this then is that way before you even off. met
0: Ig. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so then, um, but then Ronnie got interested in guitar and then I inherited the accordion. Oh, so, so you got on the accordion. Did you I have a teacher? I sure did. Mr. Sinkovich, you know, hey, of course he'd be a Slav guy because he's really popular. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And all I can remember is his giant foot. You know, I would go to his house in his basement. My mom would drop me off for the Mm -hmm. lessons. Right. And he had this metronome I used, you know, I learned to play with that. And then um, his big foot would tap, 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 tap all the time I was playing, you know? So I'm sure that's where my good timing came in handy. Yes, of course. (laughs) Was thanks to him. You remember the first (laughs) song he taught you? It was a song called, yeah, it was a song called Oh, Come to the Sea. I mean, most people would never know what that was, but it was a beautiful song. In fact, I played it at a pupil performance in um, school in front of a, a real live audience and shockingly enough, I wasn't terrified because my shyness was just like unbelievable when I was young. Yeah. But somehow the stage, I, I pulled that off, you know, and I actually really enjoyed it, you know. So, but yeah, so it was, um, I don't remember a lot of the songs, but, you know, your standard old standard songs from, you know, like the 40s, 50s, you know, how we all go back a decade or two. With songs that we learn or we appreciate or Or enjoy. Or the teacher likes. And I'm going to
0: guess here, Kath, but maybe some polkas?
2: I didn't do polkas. Wow. Okay. Yeah, none of that. Because my organ man,
0: uh, Pizzo, he he got started on the accordion. He learned polkas, colas, all these Eastern European dance songs. Yeah, kind of oompa. Uh,
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd give anything to have that accordion now, I can tell you that. What happened with it? Well, there again, fast forward to Michigan, when Ronnie got more involved into the rock and roll stuff, guitars, he had been going to this music store and, um, you know, uh, trying to buy things, and there wasn't a lot of money, and so he took the accordion sort of like as a collateral, you know, so he could get a guitar out, Ah. and... Yeah, and he never went back to get it, and they sold it. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, God. I mean, this thing was beautiful, you know? So, I mean, it would be a fortune today, but...
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Kath, what was the first record you bought with your own money?
2: I'm going to say it had to have been... It was uh, Motown, you know, the 45s. Yeah. That was the big thing. And you could go to Kmart's. There was a Kmart... Oh, no, it was originally called an Arlen's. That cemetery you walked by almost yeah. to go to that mall. And that little shopping area was a, a store, like, a. it was called Arlen's. And then they had the big bins of all the 45s, right? And um, I was a big fan of, like, Mary Wells, oh, the Shirelles. Yeah. Great
0: um,
2: oh, yeah, you know, and um, I liked uh, the Supremes. They weren't my favorite, you know. But And then, of course, the Four Tops, and so all the singles would come out. And that was when I first started buying music from Babysitting Money. Ah, and what about the first gig you saw? I saw the Rolling Stones, you know. I was pretty young. They played, and there's a debate in my head if it was Olympia or Cobo Hall, but it was with Brian Jones. And the reason I got to go is because my best friend's older sister, took us, and so my mom gave permission, because she felt I was in safe hands, and uh it was awesome, you know, not bad for her first gig, eh? <laughs> no, not at yeah. all. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I yeah, I think either Ronnie or Scotty told me that a lot of England bands came in through Windsor. Yes. They'd come in through Canada from England in those days, so you oh. guys got to see a lot of bands, like Yar- yeah, we did. He told me about Yardbirds and Cream and e- even Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some club called yeah. the Fifth Dimension, Ronnie said.
2: He saw maybe 90 people there. Nobody had come up to the front of the stage. If even that. In fact, um, yeah, because that was the club. And um, and all the British bands came through, you know, to this club. It was like a teen club, basically, based sort of on like Hullabaloo, you know, that teen show. Sure, sure. They, I was just yeah. a
0: boy, but I remember
2: well, that's what I'm saying. You know, we were young. You know, yeah. And uh, my girlfriend and I would go, and uh, we saw like, yeah, the Yardbirds, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, it was just uh, uh, who the heck was Walk Away Kinks?
0: Rene? A Walk oh, Away Renee, the the Left Bank. Those guys, yeah.
2: Oh, and it was hysterical because I think they in, were from actually uh, New York City. Right, they weren't the British band. <laughs> but the funny story about them was. Yeah. They, um, they came on cause they were big, you know, with that hit song sure. and everything and they come on stage and the stage was like in between the stage and the back of the stage was a dressing room. So you'd walk into this door, you know, off stage into the dressing room and then you come out the other end. Right. Yeah. And then people would kind of gather at the other end where they would come out to meet them or see them or whatever, you know? So they came walking out from the little dressing room on stage to perform and then we went around to the back and then they started coming out. And all of a sudden I'm like, what the, they all had wigs on. And, so, <laughs> and I didn't recognize them. I'm like, who are these jocks, you know, coming out? And it was them. Cause one of them was kind of coming up and hitting out, trying to hit on me. Yeah. And I was like having nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they were sporting wigs. They were wearing wigs. It was so funny, you know. Oh, but, you know, Mike, I wonder if that was um, maybe, wasn't Paul Revere and the Raiders or some, was it that uncommon maybe for some of these guys to wear wigs?
0: Maybe, maybe. You, know? you know, the Beetle maybe. look, right? The Beetle haircut, maybe. Well,
2: that's what it was. Yeah. No, they might've lived a straight life, but they knew they had to kind of rock it out when they went to perform, you know? (laughs) You know, you gave me this song, this dance,
0: I wanna play it. For Pedro, showed that chunky music started off with Ashton Ashton, K- Kavaran, Kavaran, yep. how do you pronounce that cat? Kavaran, yeah. Kavaran, yep. sorry. Kavaran good... and Whipple. This dance. And then we had L7. Remember that Ann Arbor band? Larissa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, 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 this is the band she was in before she had Laughing Hyenas with John. Oh. Right. And uh, Third Man Records put out. I guess they recorded a bunch, and they put out the stuff. Only a seven inch came out in the old days, but they put out everything they recorded just recently. Yeah. Dan Buick from uh, Third Man Record. He he sent me this uh, uh, Larissa. We lost her unfortunately. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, sad. Uh, heroin yeah. and stuff, you know. Uh, but uh, they were a good band, and Laughing Hyenas was a good band too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. John yeah. had uh, God, what was it? He had a hardcore band before that that was pretty uh, I, I think they got back together and been doing some gigs. Anyway, after that we had uh, from Brian Day's Prodge, Anti-Strawberry, Simple, Super Simple. Then Albert Bouchard, this is the drummer from the, the Blue Oyster Cult. He went and redid a bunch of his older songs and Parts of his imaginous opera. And he had me sing on this song. It's called Curse of the Hidden Mirrors. He said it was for their uh, producer manager, Sandy Perlman. They went to college with him and everything. They lost him. He got to talk to him in the hospital. Oh, wow. And it was the only time where Sandy couldn't like talk over him because he was in a coma. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's very heavy. So I said, sure, Albert, I'll sing this. Yeah. And then after that, Adele Mead with Slob- Sloboda, which I think is Slav for Freedom. Yeah. Uh, Cod O'Donnell out of England, the Luddites' thumb, right? The Luddites were people who wanted to break up the machines because they thought we'd all lose our jobs if the machines got too powerful. Guided by voices after that from Dayton, Face Eraser. Dayton, it's near where the. Uh, trains wrecked right and all that uh, chemicals and the fire oh my god god
2: yeah that even turned out to be worse than what they were first letting on you know you know what a a reporter tried to ask the governor some questions they arrested him yeah yeah you know about Uh, this okay yeah kind of a bad scene Uh, a real bad scene yeah i mean and there's even some talk of it was a deliberate act you know, like sabotage.
0: You know, some people yeah. have been shooting up power stations,
2: right? Maybe. I know it. Scary.
0: Yeah, come on, people.
2: <laughs> get Very scary. Well, you know, they they found another one of these balloons right over Lake Huron. That's right. yeah, last night. Okay. Where I'm at right stuff. now, you know. Right, right. I remember
0: uh, Ronnie had a pad. Right, right on. The That's lake. it. That's the okay. place I have. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, I never got to visit there. I oh, ran out no, of time. My- yeah. shit. Anyway, oh, yeah. after that, you know, that, that's Vase Eraser. Uh, Bob, Bob Pollard, you know, uh, this guy makes an album every two months. I'm so, he's so prolific. Then Ivan the Tolerable. Mm. No, no. Laura Steenberge. after that with uh, my favorite friends. And then Ivan the Tolerable, which is a project Ollie's got over in England, Before the Sun Sinks. Noi Souk got a, that, this guy, a cat, Peter. He's Southern California. Old Song Part Six. And finally, Bondo with Container. So, uh, do you remember when the Stooges first were prac- doing prac?
2: Doing, I'm sorry, what? Was it at the pad? Was it in the basement? At when my the- mom's the basement family home. Okay, yeah.
0: that's where I, I figured. Because they yeah. didn't get that fun house
2: house till later on, right? Exactly. No, that was actually uh, house three, you know, the fun house. Oh, it was actually the third one. Okay. Uh-huh. The third one, yeah. Because there's a little known place or very little known place that was the Vreeland Road House. That was the first place they actually holed up at, which at Ron Richardson's house, their manager at the time. Oh right, and the guy who turned in like a health food guy later, right? Yes. Yeah. It's oh, good. no, no, no. That was uh, Jimmy Silver. That's right. That was that's right. Scotty, God.
0: you know, these guys told me all. it's hard to retain it all, but I loved of hearing course. all this.
2: Oh, yeah. So many stories. Yeah. Well, I've been kind of jotting stuff down. Of course, you know, Don Fleming. Of he course. and I had got together and did some um, Q&A recordings at his little, you know, man cave in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And- <laughs> And we started that a couple years ago. So there's like a book pretty much in place, you know, the, the uh, Ashton family scrapbook is kind of my working title for it, you know? Wow. And uh, so there's a lot of stories in there, you know, and it's, I still need an editor. That's kind of my hang up right now, you know? Sure. Of course. But, yeah. Because there's probably then, too much and you got to like boil it down. Well, I'm not an editor. I mean, yeah. I'm not even a writer. You know, the only reason it could happen was because the stories were there and they were talked out instead of written. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so, conversation. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, Ben Blackwell, third man. Ben. Oh yeah. Yeah. The drummer guy. Right. Right. I yeah. saw him in Dirt bombs. Yes. Just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful guy. He read some of it and loved it. Now there's a, a f- mutual friend of ours that she's been pushing me thinking, well, Kathy, he'd probably edit that, you know, but I never really come right out and said or asked him, you know. Yeah. But he was the one that put out that uh, 45, the Ashton, Ashton, Kavar, Whip, Kavar, and Whipple, you know. Okay. That Yeah, that came via Third Man Records. That's right. You know? That's right. But it was also during the pandemic when it was supposed to come out for Record Store Day. And everything and got everything held up, yeah. Band, yeah. and it, there was no record store day so there went that record release but it did come out i think later in that year you know but uh because we were going to do the show you and i back sure then, sure sure so finally we we're are. doing
0: it now but, yeah. but can you, you remember know? when they all got did all four of them was that all of them there dave scotty yes. ronnie okay
2: do you remember and, that yeah, first was, practice Yes, at 107 is what we call the family home, right? Yeah, right, right. It actually was Michael Davis that gave us that nickname. The baseman you know? of MC5. Yeah, yeah, because he was a regular to come over there in the early days. And I'll say no more about that right now. But um, he <laughs> would come over. I think he ended and, up uh,
0: in Chico here and
2: cancer got him. I'm sorry. Oh,
0: yeah, boy. he was living up like by uh, Fresno.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I see. I, we lost track of him. I didn't know any of that, you know, what happened to him, you know, but, um, but he was the one he'd referred to the house coming, coming over to one Oh seven, you know, but yeah, because it was Ronnie Dave and Scotty that first started jamming down there. And then when Iggy got in on the picture, yeah, then that, that's where they would come. Iggy would take a bus across town to the house when of course my mom was working. Cause she was fine with everybody down there. But then when she came home from work, of course, she'd flick the basement light off and on to let us know time to stop. You know? <laughs> <laughs> was it was he still oh. in Ypsilanti then? Yeah, he was in Ypsilanti. Okay. He was at the trailer. So you he know? would have
0: to take the bus over. OK,
2: yeah, he'd take the bus. over. My that, you know what? He food told food. me something. He said only Dave had a car. His parents got him a Volkswagen bug. That's right, you know. Well, his first car was actually a Corvair, okay? Yeah. When we met him, and Ronnie and I had a discrepancy, was it red or yellow? I (laughs) said it was yellow, but Ronnie kept saying it was red, you know. Ain't that weird about memory? It can be so trippy. Exactly, you know. But but it was a Corvair. That was his. He didn't get the Volkswagen until the Stooges got over to the Fun House. You okay, know. okay. He just
0: said that to me once. He told me he kind of didn't like it because he was just, he wanted a car.
2: Well, of course, exactly. You know, but Dave had the car and he could make it from Ann Arbor to Detroit in record time, about thirty-five minutes. Whoa, that's, that's good. Going like a oh, he would drive like hell. You know, and in fact, he would pick me up from school. You know, he was older, you know, and that was the big thing. Like, who's this guy picking you up from school? I mean, I was like in junior high, you know, and then um, and then Scotty and I became friends with Dave. This was before Ronnie got involved with Dave, you know, but then he would pick us up and take us around. He would speed so fast and Scotty and I would say, stop the car. Let us out. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Look, Kath, we're at the end of the first hour. February 13th,
0: 2023 edition. Watt Pedro Show special guest Kathy Ashton. Hold time for hour two. February 13th, 2023. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. We had the blue light on. We
3: played like steel. In the sea, I wasn't drawn by the line of your time. Your elegant pose as you drifted to sleep with
4: we
0: Yeah, the but that's show what... we started off the second hour with Ragnar Kavaran. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, stop, I'm, I'm so sorry, Cap. That's okay. Kavarin. Ragnar Kavaran with lace curtains, and then yeah. from out Alaska, uh, Anchorage, Muskeg Mudsuck with Blath T- uh, Artach, uh, Mike Molnar low flight after that, Snowfield Chalice, of my Magnolian Magnol- Magnol- exile from. Helena Sella featuring Jennifer Walton. Then Cunningham slash Volt slash Sarah with incoming calls. Sam Locke Ward out of Iowa City, no result. And finally, Midwestern Medicine with Rocket Lunch. So, I did not know that Ronnie got
2: booted because I thought he was a pretty good bass player. Listen to that stuff on Raw Power. Oh, my God. Oh, he was. He turned into an excellent bass player. You know, I always listen to Henry Rollins. It just you know, gives Ronnie huge accolades for his bass work, you know? Absolutely. And absolutely is right. But, but that's what he was interested in. What he first got going on was playing bass. And, um, but he just was out to try, you know, and because he knew Iggy, they got invited. The prime movers were like the Ann Arbor band, you know? Right. And so they liked Ronnie too. He would hang out at their place and, so they said, yeah, you can come on stage with us. And it was at this club called Mothers, you know, okay. which was like, again, the teen club that everybody went to, you know. And uh, so then they put him on base, which he gave it his best shot, but they wanted somebody that had more chops. This is basically what it was. And Ronnie wasn't there yet, you know. Okay. But then right on the heels of that came The Chosen Few. And it was actually Iggy that set that up, too, because everybody would kind of like uh uh, congregate at Discount Records, you know, and where he, Iggy worked. He worked at that store because yeah. Brother Steve got the job after him, he told me. Yes. And that's the thing, because Iggy was sort of like the man about town, you know, okay. in terms of music and introducing everybody. Right. And Scott Richardson waltzed into the record store one day, said he was looking for a bass player. And that's when Ronnie, I mean Iggy said, I got this guy and introduced Ronnie to him. So Ronnie played bass with The Chosen Few. Okay, And uh, that went on for quite a while. That's when Scotty was sort of, that's the, the way, a wayward stage of Scotty, you know, kind of finding his way in the world. He was lost, kind of getting in trouble. And that's when my mom sort of interjected the Ronnie, take him around with you. And Ronnie would take Scotty to the gigs. He'd chosen a few gigs. Uh-huh. And, and then Scotty was, uh, would help out with the drum kit. And that's when he started getting more interested in the drums. And then when the, when Iggy got into the pitchers, and when it became the Stooges, first practicing,
0: yeah.
2: Iggy taught Scotty to play drums because he was down there with the little keyboard. Iggy initially, yeah. In fact, Iggy's idea was for me to be their singer. Whoa! And so, <laughs> was it, this was psychedelic
0: Stooges, right?
2: Yeah, this was psychedelic Stooges, and then of course my brothers are like, what? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do not blame them, because, of course, I knew none of this. This was all behind my back. But you, you did watch some of the pracs, right? Oh, yeah, I did, because yeah. I was right there, okay. you know. But Iggy heard me singing, apparently, you uh-huh. see. And he liked my voice. Me just singing along to a, a song in the car, or radio, or whatever, you know. And then, of course, my brothers were right. They said, there's no way she would never do that. And, of course, I wouldn't have you know because look at what happened with those guys I mean <laughs> they are what they were supposed to be you know the four of them right
3: right
2: but, uh, and I remember you know hearing Scotty or I thought it was Ziggy playing drums and I'm upstairs in the kitchen and the basement door opens up and it was Ziggy so I thought oh my god that Scotty playing I mean Do, he did you me did right you out. know
0: Ig before you before this did you know him at school well you said he was like the music yeah. cat in town right
2: I met him at the record store that's how oh. Okay, okay, okay.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, discount and records. Then, yeah, this was like pre prime mover days. This was pre Stooges, you know. But it's, it's post Iguana. Yes, exactly. This is after the Iguanas. Which, you know? people, you, uh,
0: listeners, you got to understand that's where it gets his name because he was the drummer yeah, man for yeah. the
2: Iguanas. Yeah. Oh, and the pop name came from Joe Scott- Pop.
0: Scotty told me about this guy. He
2: lost all his yeah. eyebrows and ramming his yeah. head into a wall. Yeah. Jim Pop. Jim Pop. I'm sorry. Yeah. And so he was sort of like, uh, uh let's put it this way. He and his family were like from the wrong side of the tracks, you know, <laughs> and they were but they were in our classes in school, you know. Yeah. And then um, he had a sister as well, too, that um, that I kind of befriended, you know, Jim's sister, Janae. But then when Niggy heard Scotty refer to Jim Pop, he loved that. You see, so that's when he took Yeah, because Scotty yeah. said some gig,
0: it shaved yeah. off all his eyebrows and the glitter got in his eyes and he was blinded. And it reminded him of Jim Pop losing his eyebrows from running his head into a wall.
2: Well, <laughs> Jim had some sort of alopecia, I think it's called, or some sort of it was a medical condition. Yeah,
0: he said it was a nerve. Uh, yeah. Right, right. And so
2: he was kind of baldish, you know, Jim, the Jim Pop. Right, right, and, right, uh, right. But anyway, so, yeah. But when you think about Iggy Pop, yeah, that uh, that translated pretty well for him, you know?
0: Sure, sure. Because on the first record, he's called Iggy Stooge. You know, you gave me this song, another Ragnar Kavard. Yeah. My baby thinks I'm perfect. I want to play.
2: Yeah, it's a hot tune. Yeah, I like it.
3: Question mark tagged across the
0: For Pedro's show, that chunk of music started off Ragnar Kaharan with My Baby Thinks I'm Perfect. Then we had Shit. This is from Japan, so maybe something lost the translation, but the name of this band is Shit and the Midnight Mexican Highway. Okay. And the uh, Wrong Knot is the name of the tune. And then an, another band from Japan, but this guy is actually from Portland, Oregon, who leads it. Lum and the Texas Home Wreckers. With Mezcal Brain Rotten. You know, Mezcal people. That's tequila that ain't from Jalisco because you got, you know, sort of like bourbon, right? Whiskey. Bourbon's got to come from a part of Kentucky to be called bourbon. Same thing with uh, uh, tequila. Okay. uh, After that, Amphibian Fruit Punch from Shiverboard. They're live at the House of Yarga in Philly, September 24, 2022. Ah, here's another Japanese band called Ork Under the Oak. Diane Marie Klob after that with Mark the Map, Maxine Fuca with Forest Photographer, and finally Ray Shin with Space in the Crowd. Enlighten us to Ragnar Kavar in this tune.
2: Okay. Um, well, Ragnar um, was my husband. I met him through Ronnie, who was, um, this is like in between the sp- Stooges and Reunion Stooges, you know, Ronnie and Scotty both kept playing music and go to all the clubs around town, and Ronnie met this band called Ragnar Kavarn and really liked them, and they asked him if they were working on a record if he would produce, which he said yes, and then that's how I met Ragnar, okay? Okay. And then um, we fell in love and got married, Ragnar and I, and then... um, But later on, after a few years being with Ragnar, because he was always playing, you know, music and uh trying to succeed. And then uh eventually the bass player decided to move over to guitar and they asked me if I would play bass. This and is so how you I, get on bass. Okay. Yeah. And so then I was kind of like uh, well, okay, you know, and I actually took to it pretty well. I was talking to Drew from uh, Vaz, and I kind sort of jokingly said, "Well, I'm not the best bass player, but I have perfect timing," you know. And he was like, "Yeah, well, that's what a bass player is, right?" Yeah,
0: yeah. Mill yeah. H- Hilton, uh, stand-up guy in jazz, they called him the Judge because he's so good with his time.
2: Yeah, see that's the big thing, right? Well, it was the Mr. Sinkovich, remind you, right. <laughs> the accordion teacher that taught me timing. But anyway, so then I played with Ragnar for several years in his band and uh but I also sang some stuff as well too. And then Ragnar decided to kind of hang it up. It's a kind of a long story, you know, and our relationship was sort of in the decline, you know. Um So then I wasn't ready to stop playing and wanted to continue. And so I got a hold of this guy, Tony, the Whipple guy, and said he was the brother of Ragnar's drummer. And said, why don't we start up a little band? And then we roped Scotty into it as our drummer. And so Scotty played with us. We did a few gigs. We did some recordings and um, that's the Ashton, Ashton, Kavar, and Whipple. Because <clears throat> it's Scotty playing drums, I play bass and sing, and it's Ragnar's music. He wrote the music, the lyrics, and he and I are still very good friends. I love this man, he taught me a lot, and I think he's a fabulous musician, an excellent writer. and Both my brothers just loved him to pieces too. One of the reasons Scotty agreed to play with us was because he loved Rog's music, you know, so. That's what those, those stand, uh, let's see, this dance and um, forward motion songs are.
0: Oh, beautiful
2: story. We're at the end of yeah. the second hour, Kath. February 13th,
0: 2023 edition, Wat Pedro Show, special guest, Kathy Ashton. Hold tight for hour three. February 13th, 2023, it's the third hour of the Wad for Pedro Show. <laughs> For Pedro's show, we started off the third hour with Ragnar Kavarin. Finally getting to <laughs> the producer. Yeah. <laughs> close. So sorry. So apologize, Ragnar. No disrespect. Anyway, this, yeah. this, is, this was the toilet. <laughs> this is the, the opus, yeah. people. <laughs> this is the, the bottom line to the reality on the dealio. After that, we had Lampradanto and Mark Stewart with Track Toxic Waste Bonus Beats. Then God this band's got like thirty letters in their name do Se cokela sin god damn Jeez. and uh gazelle of death is named the tune <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's Tullum McDonough uh with some uh, Sicilian guys Tim wholehouse up from England after that with time and finally infinite River brand new this collab the Fresn Flenser, that label. And this is called Track Two. Yeah, well, you can't think of name people, just call it Track Two. There track you go. Two. So it's, you got, okay. But it came to the. You see, Ragnar, he wrote the music, but he wrote the lyrics too. So yeah. the toilet yeah. was his baby. Yeah. So you're sitting here with the the, the lyric sheet, right, of the toilet, and you got to sing this. You got to you got to sell it, right?
2: <laughs> I don't. I don't have all that in front of me, but yeah. <laughs>
0: Now, <laughs> no, I'm wondering in the stu was he there in the studio? I mean or was this your t- take, you know?
2: Well, the the two songs, you know, the Ashton Nashton Kavarn, Whipple, yeah. Rodmar played guitar as well on those recordings and he added some guitar parts like um Oh, not the bass player? No, I play bass. No, but I thought the bass player moved to guitar. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. These were songs after, after the Kavarin okay, band. Okay, okay. This was the Kavarin, the Ashton Ashton, Kavarin Whipple, Whipple was okay. Scotty right, and me. Right, right, And then Tony. But then we would kind of rotate with the guest guitarist when we did some live shows. Uh-huh. But Tony had this uh, really sweet little recording studio. And so we did. Those are just a couple. Of those songs that we recorded at his studio we did all that live and then um ragnar came in and added a couple guitar parts you know that he had played because those two songs were also songs that ragnar did in his band is okay. the ragnar kavarin band so they got repurposed they all got right. repurposed because that's what i'm saying i thought no i'd like to keep this going A bit, you know, and uh, so we did, you know, and uh, so I'm sort of back out trying to resurrect a few more things. And and then um, one of the songs that I had given you to almost play, which will come later, uh, you know who Pete um, Bankard is? (sighs) Man. You probably, yeah, Maybe he I was, met him,
0: but I can't remember the name so much. I'm sorry.
2: That's okay, because I didn't expect you to, If until I said uh, uh, Dark Carnival. Oh, you know, yeah. Ronnie. Okay, yeah.
0: okay. Yes, yes. So with, uh, exactly, Ronnie in Niagara.
2: Exactly. Ron, uh, Pete was the bassist. Yeah, right, and right. And we're very right. good friends with both Ronnie and Scotty. And um, you know the recordings. Let's see. They made some recordings, Ronnie and Scotty, some jams Uh at Pete's studio in 2008. You know, which was right before Ronnie passed away.
3: Yeah, and they
2: were, and some of the music was intended to be the next Stooges album after the Weirdness, right? After the Weirdness, and um, which is another story. And then, (laughs) um, and then, some of it was also possibly recordings to work on some stuff with Jack White. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he really wanted to play with Ronnie and Scotty as well. Right, right, right. But I remember that we had we have these recordings. So Pete stripped some of the jams down, and I'm singing. We created a couple songs. So I'm singing, playing bass on one or two. Pete added a bass line, and um, these are the yet to be released kind of songs that we've been working on behind the scenes here so and they're I think coming out pretty darn good because of course it's Ronnie and Scotty at their best and right. so I, I sent it to Ragnar these jams and I said I need lyrics <laughs> oh you know? oh, so he's and okay so he's still involved
0: he's still involved okay, no, no, no
2: that's right okay he can write words it. like the toilet I mean <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and you know, and he hasn't done anything musically at all, you know. And he said, "Well, I don't know if I can come up." And I said, "Yes, yes, you can. I yeah. know you can come up with some lyrics." Right, and boy, right. did he! Yeah, very interesting. What, what?
0: What about this? You know, this was trippy. You sent me the song twice with two different titles. I kept
2: the title yeah. absolutely okay, but it also yeah. had a title "Rag." Yeah. Now this is an instrumental. Yes. It's just a little piece of him. His guitar work was just so incredible, you yeah, know. Yeah, he's good. And, oh, the guy—he, I mean, fabulous, you know. And uh, so it was just a little thing that he was noodling with, and I just loved it so much, you know, that I wanted to give it a little spot.
0: <laughs> okay, let me play right now. Be careful! Watch out! <laughs>
3: Chevy into the lake Belly full of skiing i
0: Pedro show last music for this edition. That chunk of music started with Ragnar Kvarn, with absolutely okay, and more than okay. It's some incredible
1: yeah. guitar
0: work. Much respect. After that, Sonic Rendezvous band, right? This yeah. band, such a great band. They made one forty five. Scotty told me that uh, Fred just did not want to record.
2: Well, I think he had bad
0: experience with the MC Five and.
2: Yeah, but that was the only one official recording. But, of course, as you know, through um, Carlton, his uh, Easy Action.
0: Right, right. Sandercock in England.
2: Yes, he's done a... Shitload of recordings of the rendezvous, you know. Yeah, of course, of uh, course. mostly live recordings. Well, like this but, oh. one
0: here was a live thing, it is beautiful. I mean, I've heard oh, a yeah. few few great live things. It's Scott Morgan, yeah. such a great singer. I mean, that was a good band, slamming
2: they band. They were so good, yeah. I mean, they really could have succeeded, you know. And then, um, a Patti Smith came into the picture, which kind of broke things up, you see.
0: And oh, yeah, uh, Scotty
2: right. was devastated by all that, of course, too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they were good, no yeah. question.
0: So this was uh, so sincerely yours. Uh, yeah. After that, we had Avaz, who has been on the show because of you, yes. Kath, with Fired, Fired yeah. and Free, tune that you flowed me. Ellis Swan after that, Horses Bones, Suicide Hill after that. That's a. Uh, Benji in North Carolina with a vast tight string conspiracy. Great guitar man also. Soons, they were on the show a couple episodes ago. Montreal Cats, Witness Protection is a tune. Some other uh, Montreal musicians here, Quebecois Ratchet Orchestra with Big Charles. That's live too. And finally, Mizutama Shobodon with Will-O-Wisp. Okay, so that's what your project is now, is you're repurposing these jams Ronnie and Scotty yeah. did.
2: Yes, and so again, the music of Ronnie and Scotty, I mean, it just, his guitar licks, his lines that he's playing, Ronnie and Scotty, they were just so tight, and so it's like, yeah, we need to... We need to put some of this out and give it like a, a new life, you know. I know they use some of those recordings for that Three Stooges movie. The Jim Jarmusch? No, the, um, literally the. Oh, the, the... real Stooges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You know, Ronnie, Ronnie <laughs> told
0: me about them having I to call would. them up when they got signed. Because they had to get permission.
2: And they, yes. they
0: said, okay. And then he ended up taking care of Larry at the old Folks yeah. home in Hollywood.
2: Yeah, he met his um, Larry's niece, and uh, then she started taking him over there. And of course, Ronnie was in heaven. You know, yeah. that he got to meet Larry Fine and hang out. And it was just, you know, I've got some photos of that. You know, because oh. that was the during the New Order days. Oh yeah,
0: he- Starwood. They were playing. And this was yeah. Ronnie uh, listeners. This was when Ronnie was living in Hollywood. Yep, living. I out think for it, a little while with you know. Angie Bowie, she gave him a pad to stay. He told me.
2: Well, and then they got their own place, you know, the the Cornet Apartments on Sunset Boulevard. Oh yeah, they told me about that. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Notorious, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was like totally the trash band house, you know. <laughs> right, right. But main man just cut him off. James Williamson told me they even
0: took that suit with the funny collar.
2: I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, they're really, yeah.
0: really cutthroat about that. Yeah.
2: So okay, yeah. so
0: you're going to get these tunes together. Yes. You know, Kathy, it would be beautiful when you do get together to come back on the show and play.
2: I will stuff Mike. and yeah. talk about it because you know. I I, I want to see what Ragnar does. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I've got uh, I've become a big fan of Vaz, and so. I'd like to have uh, Drew and uh, add some guitar parts. Oh, yeah, well. absolutely.
0: They're they're beautiful, man. They're coming they along They are beautiful, great. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so
2: more so, to come.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's our plan. That, but thanks for doing this for here and then these tunes. Catch up on the old days and stuff, but can't wait to yeah. have you back on. Thank you so much, Kath, truly.
2: You're welcome, Mike. It was a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. People, it's been the February thirteenth, twenty 2023 edition of the Watt for Peter, so keep your
4: powder dry. Yeah. <laughs>